Harry Talks. Welcome back. Episode two in the new loft. Feeling good, feeling homely. I feel like I'm comfortable for once, not sitting on one of those well, one of those stools downstairs. But we've got another very special guest today, and for the first couple back, we're going to be bringing in some old favourites, and these two people here with me today, my first ever sort of neighbours, studio neighbours, um, and Aldrich's side, they were always so grateful for their time, wisdom, space, and also early on the opportunities that they gave me, you know, as an interviewer as well, um, give me a leg up in the music industry and the podcast space too, so I am forever in debt to them. Um, we have the return of Marty Bugatti of Triple One and the first time entrant. Yes. The debut. It's been years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying it for years. It'll happen and it has because the timing's right. Um, how are we both? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, bro. Good to be back. Good I mean, to good back. to be back for my first time on here, but good to be back at the Gladi as well. I yeah. feel like um, you're like the number one special guest to walk in screaming during the room and then be like, oh shit, sorry, man. You're recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just to start it off, we just announced the mixtape with the new single Gun Show. And mm. since we last talked, released a full length album, Panic Force, as well. We've toured the country multiple times, gone through strides creatively, too. Um, you know, what's the energy internally like with an announcement like this? Um, when does it, you know, is it anxiety early on? Um, is it stress? Or do you think that once it's out, you know, nothing can be done and you just got to rest on it? Mm. Yeah, I feel like. With, there's not much anxiety surrounding this release. I feel like we're feeling pretty confident about it, like the strength of the tracks. Um, but like always with a, you know, a project, um, it's like we've had to listen to the track so many times. So by the time <laughs> we release it, we, it, we're kind of flat a bit. So we just got to make sure we keep that energy, energy up and, and stay excited about the songs that are coming out. You guys move pretty quickly on, not in a, like a, in terms of a writing sense, I feel like I've seen. Mm. It just like, do, does the writing ever stop, do you think? Like, or when does those pause come, those pauses come? Is it between projects or is it just always mm. just flat out? Well, the biggest, the biggest pauses are pre-release when it's just like mixing and like making, <clears throat> making all those 95% songs 100%. And so you just got to go and revisit like, whole bunch of shit that you made like years ago the fiddly bits yeah, the fiddly bits. yeah. Is that's that when it's most like flat in terms of like writing but after that back into it is it, it sorry no you go is there a beauty in that process though almost <laughs> like seeing them properly come to life or is it is it more on the ta- the taxing side do you feel yeah it's definitely taxing <laughs> doing mixing man like yeah. i mean yeah it's like and then you have to pull the trigger and say it's finished at one point and that's always like anxiety inducing because you're just like yeah is this ro- is this perfect i don't know but also <laughs> yeah i feel like there's times as well if you overthink things sometimes you can overwork mm. something for sure and yeah it, and it, you know you you hit like <coughs> a pinnacle point of like where the song should be and sometimes you can overwork it and you can botch it definitely and let's just take it back because i think Almost before Panic Force, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was one of the first times you were writing with other people. Obviously, 18-year-old man helped with a bunch of the record, having people like Matt Mason and stuff involved as well. And I think the big thing about your project early on was that it was so incredible to see it, you know, super in-house. Was there any, like, hesitation almost bringing other people in? Or was it pretty natural, do you think? No, I think think we're at a point now where you, you... 
outsourcing is heaps important because there's other people that are really good at what they do um better than whatever you can do you know mm. and bringing people like that in just to add something try something out is always going to make the track better always yeah <clears throat> i mean there's there's a tiny bit of anxiety surrounding like the fact that if you bring someone in you don't want it to go shit so like yeah. <laughs> yeah. i guess sometimes there's <laughs> pressure on sessions t- for people to perform because you're like let's try and like have a writing session with this person and you, especially when it's a song that we're, we're kind of premeditated to release and like we want them to come up with an idea for a chorus or a mm. melody or something and if it goes shit it's kind of like you just have to like not use it and like it's uh, like i don't like doing stuff like that to people but it's like a necessary evil. i feel like people understand but yeah they're like, yeah yeah you, a lot of time you go into a session you're just like this is probably never going to get released yeah but like still put the work in you know and i guess there's learning in all of it right no yeah. matter it comes out or not yeah you just don't can't be jaded about it and be like fuck wanted that to work but yeah <clears throat> yeah it's super interesting because i think obviously from like a musical perspective and this isn't a diss to you at all um it's sort of it definitely elevated the craft i think it, where it just got that extra polish as well but what do you think like other than that obviously like the product what do you think mm. having someone like 18 year old man like in the in the inner workings of it, you know, taught you about songwriting or taught you about making music just generally from like almost a philosophical point of view. But he's, he's just a genius and like great. Like that's like what I was saying before. Like I can't play keys. I can't play like, I can play guitar, but like not anywhere remotely as good as like, I can't write music mm. on a keyboard. Yeah. Right. Like I've got to click, click it in and like yeah. it takes forever. So of course bringing someone like that in is just an amazing way to sort of try something new and like bring he's just constantly full of ideas he's just it's like crazy like yeah people <laughs> like people like him and matt mason and like len 20 who is like a you know close works closely with vin 18 year old man mm. like they all just have a knack for picking up an instrument and like being able to make art out of it like i remember Vinny one time i was in his studio and he just got four or five bamboo flutes like imported from china he has all these weird instruments in his room and i'm just like oh like can you play it yet and he's and he had them for like two weeks probably and he's like oh i'm learning it and i'm like yeah just plays it and i was like oh you can play it he's just like yeah i guess i can play it like you know just can play instruments like you know anything anything with strings anything with buttons or like holes in it it's well, <laughs> and, and it's such a weird and and because he's like i think because he's so busy just experimenting all the time like it's great for him to, he's just constantly full of like new ideas and he's just on it always so like yeah bringing him in it's just like fresh it's fresh for us because mm. like you know we have we have been writing music together for like seven years you know so like at this point in your careers it's yeah it's always refreshing it's 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 good to hear i think people don't do it enough i think people yeah. get real jaded and they're like we need to like stay like in our little box and like and then that, like, you you, ex- you exhaust that box that's the reality of it so like how do you not exhaust it you bring other people in yeah and you guys almost have the luxury where there isn't a box do you know what i mean like that's if, right, if you sound, were just yeah yeah whereas <coughs> you can the the from a logistical point of view, the songwriter can come from anywhere. It's not just a different beat maker or that's something. Right. That's mm. that's another thing that's great, like to work with, just like you know, like Matt's like you know, you know, 
rock band and it's like that we don't the music's not remotely like in the same genre as us but we can in a session bring those two sounds together mm. yeah um i think what's super interesting though as well i feel like with with australian music sort of generally so it had this like not revolution but it was very it was very not in a bad way rock and roll guitars band stuff but i think you've seen bands like dma's crossover into like the last album was like had full like 90s rave yeah, yeah. like tracks on it and like you see it a lot happening now especially what's like <coughs> what gets paid on radio and stuff and you guys are obviously a part of that so like it being so diversified I think has brought out the best in a lot of different people where there is a lot of more cross-pollination now than there was before. Mm. Which makes it pretty interesting where... Yeah, I think, I think, the, I think the, particularly in Sydney, I don't know, but everyone's very, like, keen to, like, collab. Like, everyone's just really open to it. Yeah. I found, like, no one's like, no, no, it's going to be weird. Everyone's just like, sick, let's do it. Let's jump in. Yeah. Let's make something. Yeah, I feel like <coughs> in, like, LA, like, what I hear about when... Vin goes on sessions over there and stuff like it's that's how it's been for a while over there but it's kind of newer mm-hmm. in Sydney yeah. yeah how do you make it not feel like work though where obviously it's not like work but when you bring someone in like you were saying before when you're doing a session and it's like you know you're almost expected to have a product by the end of it mm-hmm. so how do you make it not feel like almost like you're you know working or just like providing a service like is it is it just building a personal relationship with the person or well, you know, how if, do you take the next I, step? If if you think that you you have to come from a way that if you don't do the session at all, then you're guaranteed to never have something. Yeah. So like you may as well still do the session, even though like it can feel like work or whatever. Like I feel like when we have more more, lo- more likely to get something. Yeah, I feel like when we do have sessions with other people it's it's usually so refreshing that it doesn't feel like work anyway yeah yeah even and just hanging out and meeting them like that's usually like yeah they're just like exactly yeah new, just a new personality in the room you know yeah i also like like I, f- I find it like more fun that we have like a small period like window to like try and make something happen mm. yeah. like it's like more like a challenge and like a game more than like a stressful thing yeah like a yeah i guess that's and the sort of question was just like it's super interesting that artwork generally is like you know not to get too deep about because of capitalism because of this because of that it's like Mm. always thinking about a financial gain somewhere in the process not so Mm. much from the artist so like how much that affects art um it's just super interesting Mm. um so panic force nuts and it was it was a big i think effort (laughs) from you know, from the world building point of view, I think for it, where it, it really did start a new era um, for the band or the group, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, what are we? Boy band. Posse. No, no I think boy band. <laughs> yeah, I think boy, boy band. We're a boy band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, boy band. <laughs> but like, obviously, debut album thing and the timing of the debut album is always super interesting to me. You guys had a lot, a lot more music than I think a lot of people would have before a debut album. Mm. Um, you know, why do you think that you were ready for the debut album at that time? Hmm. I f- yeah, I don't know. I feel like we just exhausted the ideas of EPs and like, yeah. And and I think like in the middle of all that, like our, our old traditional kind of like way of releasing music was just like no qualms, like come out whenever, and then like kind of got a deal, 
and then that sort of slowed release plans down um <coughs> yeah so then that took like you know we dropped like six songs in like 2018 or something or 17 yeah. and i was like we would have the year before dropped like 20 yeah <laughs> but like so uh we still feel like oh we need to do another ep or something and that's taken longer so i guess there was a lot of music out before um we finally pulled the trigger and said oh yeah we should probably do an album hey. yeah. yeah do you think that working towards an album or knowing like this is going to be for the album or this is a part of this elevated the craft a bit almost put the pressure up being like this has to be sick do you think it changed almost the way you thought about making music i mean i, I think it was a um, most polished product to date like as far as just like sonically everything mm -hmm. sitting really nice and like even to this day like when i listen to it back yeah. i think it's really well mixed and mastered and there's no stone left unturned but yeah it, it, it was still difficult for us coming off the back of that album i feel like just because of the time that we released it in which was like pretty much the middle of covid yeah and so we didn't actually get to experience that like back from the people as far as being able to immediately mm. tour after that we kind of had to push our tour back almost eight months i think yeah um so it was like this really strange thing where we're like and then like nothing kind of thing do you think you get do you think you get the most reward in music generally from the live shows or is it almost the process that uh, yeah it's the whole process it's like being able to release something then tour off it and yeah it's also same same thing you said before with like making money it's like live shows is where you make money these days you know you sell your merch and you do the shows so like coming off the back of a big marketing budget and stuff and not being able to do that was tough definitely mm. and um i guess sort of generally um people always talk about not not like second album syndrome mm. but you know what was it like waking up after panic force and being like holy shit like the world continues the world continues to spin was it was it sort of eye-opening and you know almost humbling in a, a little in a little way being like shit we need to start again yeah i mean i mean i feel like just just because of i mean it's confusing because there's like a lot of elements at play that we weren't in control of but yeah definitely it was definitely like a humbling experience for sure definitely What's your favourite song on Panic Force, personally? Love Rose. Pro probably Pleasure <coughs> Island. Yeah, Pleasure Island is up there. I re-listened I re to it this morning because I hadn't listened to it in ages because I think it did come out at such an interesting time where people were listening. I feel like I was listening to a lot of music, but not, not in a bad way. I feel like a lot of the music from that era sort of feels not stuck in the era, mm. but it feels like a part of that time. Mm. So re-listening it again in like a different context was super unique because like i was just like i remember listening to it like in my room or like in the shower yeah, and like yeah. even just walking here today and listening to it i was like i didn't properly like engage with it the way i thought but also listening to it in that environment i felt like i listened to it a thousand times more than i would have in the real world mm. but the longevity of it i think is its biggest thing because it it sticks out and it doesn't sound like anything else i think for a long time yeah <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting thing, like, a lot of our songs, I've noticed, they kind of take a long time to, like, take off. Like, for instance, we, we released like this song called... Pleasure Island, like, no. two weeks ago. Yeah, like, Pleasure <laughs> Island two weeks ago, but also, the first time it happened noticeably was we released this song called 
um, Snake Bite Betty, oh, yeah. and I was like, I was like, it was it's like a new metal like trap song, like re- like we met, released it ages ago, and I was like, this is gonna, I was so excited to release it, and it just went flat yeah. for literally a year and a half, and then all of a sudden it just started to ramp up, and now it's like in our it was in our top five on Spotify for like yeah, just out of nowhere for like. Yeah, but like two years after it got released, so it's like this weird thing where it's like it's like almost like did we release that too early, like in our career, like you know what I mean? It's like yeah. people aren't ready for that sound yet, almost, and then their ears like are like, oh, actually, I accept that they did rock and rap in this yeah, style yeah, yeah. together. With that sort of cycle or that sort of fan base, and it's obviously a good thing to release music like that. But you know, how do you almost how do you stay grounded and be like, we got to be patient, we got to you know like this is good for live like it's timeless like you know people will find it when they can so how do you almost like forget about the instant gratification is it is that just comes with experience or i think all personally would just be like we just don't want to make something that's current like so and knowing full well that like if you do make a current song that's probably going to be popping right now and if you do make something a bit experimental it's probably not going to be as big as if you were chasing a trend that's now yeah Mm. Yeah, we kind of think about, like, stuff like, you know, how, like, looking back 10 years from now, how would that song be perceived? Mm. Were we just, like, chasing, like Bill said, like, are we chasing a sound or are we trying to make, like, timeless art kind of thing? Definitely. Um, have you ever, and, like, we don't have to really talk on it, Have you ever, has there ever been moments where it's, like, <laughs> we can make some serious money off of this without a position? Um, because I know and I, don't, I would never critique an artist for doing it but if I was in a position like that with any sort of platform I owned I feel like I'd be so inclined to take the bag sell out <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like I don't know it, it's it's and it's like people don't understand like people like oh like art fans will be like oh you're doing poppy shit now what the hell but it's like man being an artist is hard working in creative industry is hard mm. so were there actually like proper conversations internally about like you know this or is it just no we just like whatever we think sounds mad and like we get we get like ripped on all the time for like trying it's trying new shit this sounds poppy this sounds like but it's like well it's like a new sound for us it doesn't mean it's current pop music it's just like people Mm -hmm. they just don't like change i guess um but we're always just like so keen like that that's what we get out of it yeah Mm. like like just mentally and like yeah it we we yeah, if we if we just it would take away the whole point of what we're doing. We've yeah. always been always since like day one trying to do something different. Yeah, and yeah. like we don't know anything else really, to be honest. And that's why it like, works. That's I guess. the easy thing for us to do is to do something like, not now. Yeah, yeah but you know you know what not to do because like you just just gut tells you like if it if you feel like selling you're selling it say if we made say if it was like real black and white and you're like all you have to do is do this song at this bpm mm. and say these exact lyrics and you're guaranteed success if you did if you did that and it wasn't true to you you wouldn't feel nice inside that's right so you wouldn't you, you just you'd feel yucky you'd feel like you're pimping yourself out yeah mm. and it is that as well like you can so easily feel used by people and like by money almost yeah so yeah gotta keep those head on the shoulders tight that's it um this mixtape idea um when was that sort of born and you know what are are the general thoughts on a mixtape even if you're gonna call i don't even know (laughs) you're gonna call it a mixtape or not that's what i heard or sort of thought about it as 
you know, what, what defines yeah. that and, you know, what was the decision to do that? Um, the decision to do that was really based around um, the fact that for this whole last two-year period, we um, have built up, like, a huge body of work and we're kind of, like, it's not a cohesive thing so much. So yeah. um, we wanted to just kind of also also to downplay it as well we don't want to like be like this is going to be this huge thing and then like everyone look here we kind of just want to like just put our best foot forward and and just be like we're going to split this up into two volumes if if i was to think about about it in any way i'd think about it as a project more so (laughs) than a mixtape but obviously in the music world there's only a few names um, for how you release something but i'd 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 like to call it a project yeah because yeah volume two comes like very quickly after volume one like they're both 10 tracks long you know so it's definitely not a traditional like release plan mm. or like any of that either yeah do you think <laughs> that'll evolve the, the titles and the ep this lp that i hope so i mean because you know all, all that all those names and stuff are like based off when they had you know 12 inches in vinyls yeah. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that so it's real difficult to say translate into this digital form and like still be so stuck in like this is an ep this is an lp and then you know this is how you structure this and that and even the even the gaps between the songs and choosing and you know kind of having to have a set gap between each song and stuff like that Mm. yeah it's pretty old school it's interesting to see how like hip-hop interacts with that as well where it's like it's that's why people will be so quick to call this a mixtape and like while that might make sense so that people understand it Mm. it's like if it's long and it's not an album and it's got like bars on it yeah it's like oh yeah it's a mixtape yeah well that's the thing like i'd compare it i'd compare how we're kind of trying to push this kind of similar to chance rappers acid rap you know he put that he put that out as a mixtape but it's like really it's like (laughs) yeah it's a huge body of work that's really like nice and i i think part of part of the reason we chose to do that as well is because we want to like downplay it we don't want to like and, and internally downplay it as well like mm. jumping into like album two is like feels like a way bigger thing to do than yeah. to just go oh exactly. we've got all these amazing songs that we want to drop but we're not ready to just like jump into like album two mode but we still think all these songs are worth dropping yeah exactly <clears throat> yeah and yeah i guess does it do you think that working in this format gives you almost like a creative freedom where it's just like Let's just make yeah. and see what happens because there isn't that internal well, pressure. That's mm. that's pretty much what we did throughout like whole of COVID. We just like worked with that's why everything there's no like massive cohesive like thing. In fact, well it kind of sort of sounds a little bit cohesive. There's songs that go together for sure. But like we took the opportunity to work with as many people as we could mm. over the two years and just make music, just keep making, keep making, keep making. Mm. So we did sort of experiment a lot and mm. get a whole bunch of new sounds yeah it's super interesting because i feel like yeah it can be even from a like a listener point of view it can get draining with like all the labels and like on like it's like someone puts out an album and it's like oh sh- i need to like respect the artist here and like listen to it front to back and not try to pull stuff out and you know so like even from a listener's perspective having a project like this it's like well, yeah, I can add these three songs to my playlist because I like them. And it's mm. like, well, it puts the pressure off you as well, but it puts the pressure off the listener as well to be like... For sure. To really, you know, like, yeah. respect it from that side. So it's super interesting. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think your yeah, Chance the Rapper had a crazy um that run, that early run of Chance the Rapper was nuts. As a rap was crazy. And mm. then even that album I like that album. Everyone shot on this the second one. Yeah, that, that, that's you know, that's <laughs> That's, I feel like that's part of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. No, that's part because he downplayed it and he called it a mixtape. Acid rap. They, they called it a mixtape initially and just released it without any kind of, well, not any marketing that I really saw except word of mouth. People telling me that I had to listen to it, mm. and then all of a sudden for the second project, he had this huge budget behind it and all everything was, it was almost like it, too built up. And yeah, then so yeah. when you drop it, you put all that pressure on your music. And then unless it's like the most spectacular work of art ever, it's going to flop because you're, everyone's expectations here. Even if it's here, you, you, you get disappointed. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you play it down like here, it, all, all you, all you got to do is be here and people be wowed. So even if it's here, like then people are going to be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a life lesson as well. But yeah. Yeah. you need to have low expectations in everything, I think. Yeah. Not, not obviously like... Achievable goals. Yes, exactly. Where it's just like, you know, mm. small wins and like, it's so true as well because if you hype up anything in the world, any opportunity, anything like that, that's what gets you. Mm. Like when you have to, like, and then like there's that old saying like you know, low expectations and you'll always be like happy or something. Yeah, I don't know. Plus, uh, yeah, half glass full. Yeah, super <laughs> good. Um, I said in, I saw I read an interview. Also, I was stalking your interviews, mm. and you said that Panic Force was um I don't know who said it was pretty much influenced by everything except for like EDM. <laughs> I don't know who said that. And then, but the first single that's out now is Guncho, which is like almost drum and bass in my <laughs> mind. So mm. like, don't tell that to Dom, bro. It's what does Dom call it? Uh, it's apparently it's the wrong tempo for drum and bass. I'm like, it's a bit slower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There we go. Confirmed. But I'm like, just to the layman, it's drum and bass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's drum and bass inspired. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the big yeah. percussion, like the the like break. Just, yeah, the yeah. break bit. Yeah. Um, you know if. For this mixtape and then you know gun show and it all as a whole you know what were some early almost references for it like not necessarily music but like in energy and vibe like if you had a mood board for it you know what would you have on it what would it feel like that that was i think we were just when we made that we we're just like let's make something like heaps crazy like f- like f- festival where like did we make it at, at wiseman's ferry oh yep 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 that's and right. it was just that first three notes and just droning we're like this needs to like stay no nothing needs to go over this and in fact this whole song should just be a crescendo yeah like it and then we're like this is kind of like edm world yeah like it's just all about this like slope even though like the lyric content just gets repeat repeated at you like on this whole first section it's just like just repeating 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 and into dom's like pre and it just goes into like turbo i think just those first three notes just like set the like tone of like what we're gonna yeah. do but we were definitely like let's make something like heaps like high energy and like festival like yeah. commanding Big. yeah 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 it's funny how um like there's been a heap of like this is obviously completely different there's been a heap of like dance music like crossovers in australian rap which is sick like there's gabba stuff there's like full techno stuff as well and then obviously like ukg and grime and all that stuff but it's funny how like triple one have done like the like the hardcore like rave head like yeah. drum and bass like <laughs> the bridge hotel like 3am in the morning like <laughs> it just makes so much sense for some reason yeah. that like you dive into that world like the you know hiking shoe wearing like the my world almost like, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, generic yeah. image of what people see of me yeah yeah so that's super interesting i think yeah. it just makes sense maybe because of dom's influence yeah 
Yeah, I, I, and like I think we were kind of like we had a bit of like prodigy in mind, just being like that, like aesthetic, and that sound, just like mm. dark and just like EDM, but older, like yeah, n- grunge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've Not got like, like no idea about like. Like, m- most of the time in the studio, like, I don't know what anyone's talking about when they're talking about genres. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this genre. I think, <laughs> so I that's think what's great. Because he just yeah, goes, exactly, like... Yeah, exactly, yeah. I just rap on, like, whatever genre-less, Bill makes. Genreless, and, like, it's kind of like if someone just got placed in a room that never listened to music before, what would they make? Yeah. No, you that's know, the music what, what would they think Yeah, I listen great. to, like, not a lot of... Like, just not a deep variety, and, like, I'm not, like, clued in with, like, what's going on and stuff. As far as like yeah, it can get too, it can get it can get very no, deep. You don't want to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't because, even want to get because <laughs> yeah. no, it is because it like it boxes you in, yeah. and I found that as well. Where with my listening, it's like I went through eras, and I was like in hard eras for some reason. Like, and I convinced myself like, you know, internally, like you're in this, you're in this era. Like, yeah, 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 like yeah, you're yeah. Full, yeah. actually putting a name to like what you're exactly, feeling yeah. at the time, and it was like it was weird. And then coming out of that, like just because I think a lot of young people just do that because they want to fit in with somewhere or do something or like you know yeah, act yeah. cool or some shit like that. And then growing out of that, it's like you sort of see why it all makes sense together, and then you see how bullshit genre is because mm. it's just like I like the same things in all these like completely different. Songs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But if you want to get some dance music, I'll give you this. There's some incredible shit like early like like either like like in between like disco and like house music there was this like beautiful like super chuggy but like the craziest chords and stuff and i feel like that crossover with hip-hop is ridiculous because i was putting like big drums and big bass lines over like these soul singers and like <laughs> yeah, these yeah. crazy like string sections and stuff and it's just like the craziest crossover is this mm. what we find at the bridge hotel depends what who's playing dom's better drop the invite eh He's there, he's there all the time. Is he actually? I've seen yeah, Dom yeah, at the Bridge Hotel multiple times. Yeah, yeah, he's there all the time. Bro, I don't know what Dom does except do bouldering. <laughs> he goes to the Bridge Hotel. And go to the Bridge yeah, Hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, he's like, because no, ho- you, you can go to like 11 a.m. or something. True. No, I'll like give it's him. Got a, it's got, a, it's got like, a, like a special license. That oh, can just crazy. It's a 24-hour license. <laughs> it's so terrible. I'll give him to credit, the only though. venue, like... That's yeah. wild. Sick. I'll, I'll give him credit, though. Like, they're not like... He's not there all the time. Because there aren't that many good events on there. But they have this weird thing, which is like so the venue opens at like so if you book it for a night they close the pub so it's, it's like a shit pub it's like way worse and like mm-hmm. that is like it's a on, shit pub but it's not on, like um, Victoria Road yeah in Roselle just yeah. after oh okay just after the, um, oh, I don't know it's bad just after the Iron Cove Bridge oh yeah and you're coming up the hill towards the city there's that pub on the left hand side okay and there's a bottle or something there the is it like grimy? Like grimy? It's disgusting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's disgusting. But like all these, like it's funny because it's like a super chat pub with like heaps of pokies and like this mm. big like RSL sort of room. And all these like, you know, think they're cool kid, like club promoters will be like, oh no, nah, let's make it chic. Let's make it cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they'll take over like this RSL room and put like strobes and shit in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it starts at like 10 o'clock and then like by like once the sun rises in the morning, like they move everyone to the courtyard and it's like a whole like a super cool like dancing but they're That's super wild fun. Yeah, um, it looks sick it looks sick i was saying it was like a monday morning i'm like holy shit yeah it's bad <laughs> um a dangerous method i've been doing some reading into this i've been reading, so i haven't watched the movie yet um it's a like a real life based film about carl jung and freud you probably know more about it do you want to just like you know build the narrative around it or oh the yeah well also the film as well well a dangerous method refers to 
um, like the talking method, which is just like yeah. pretty much like like traditional like psychology of like get like p- getting someone in a meditative state and just get them to blurt everything how they feel that and it might and it might like touch on something really deep and subconscious that they had hadn't addressed their whole life and then all of a sudden when they're in this deep state they can put they can pull all these early childhood memories and and whatnot and subconscious feelings so after i watched that film and kind of identified that um i felt like oh that's like when bill makes a song or like when i rap that's kind of what we're doing we're getting in this real deep state and it just comes out and like even with when you asked the question about gun show bill was like those three notes they just had to stay they had to stay that there's no there is a reason behind it but he doesn't know why he wants it to stay i don't know why i want to like rap a certain way of a thing but it's like much deeper than that it's your subconscious and after we make a after we make a a song then maybe a a, a year later we start to understand what it means you know Mm. so that's kind of like what a dangerous method refers to but also a dangerous method of just like experimenting with 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 songs with you know lifestyle choices all those things it, it can refer people can relate to it in all ways you know definitely and I, I sort of the way i read about it and the interesting thing that i sort of took out of it with you guys is like you know i'm in a sound crazy i'm in a group of friends and like we have like, friends yeah it's like, <laughs> it's like weird to have like i can hardly get four mates in you know with our lines in a row and we're doing this thing or we're all thinking about this thing or we're all achieving this thing together like doing that alone is hard enough and you've got four members in a group so it sort of you know makes sense that you relate to it where it's like you come together like on the subconscious on this like weird unique vision even though you're also different as individuals yeah which is like which is how i sort of saw it and i was like well this is nuts like because you know it is it must be hard to get those ducks in order with all the, with just not even like with problems or anything like that just with mentalities and state of minds yeah Absolutely. so it's crazy you have that is the unique vision just triple one as a as a is it like a weird subconscious entity almost like well maybe it's it unspoken is. yeah that's what that, well that's the thing sometimes sometimes <laughs> we'll come together and make a song without even having the proper level of communication of like what we're going to do and everything will be like so cohesive to a t and it's just like oh like we didn't <laughs> talk about both yeah. nothing about this subject matter yeah. over this style of song like we didn't speak about that like how did we do that and then we'll start breaking it well you know like i'll go home i'll be like how the fuck how'd that happen you know so like yeah i don't know it's like it's 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 weird and deep and it's yeah it's it's a maybe it is something like so like you know some collective subconscious yeah, well if you've been doing it for so long i feel like you'd naturally tend towards that anyway yeah because you know each other so well like we've always done it like that as well like and that's why when we first when it first was happening it was so shocking that it was like working it's like holy hell like how did this all just blend yeah you know it's Um, actually crazy to think about because like it's true like if you can get four people to do something together for so long it's like I'm not friends with people I was seven years ago you know what I mean Mm. it's crazy to think about um and like on that as well um because like I think it's pretty real to talk about, and like, I'm not talking about like any specific problems or like any on the argument sense, but like there's obviously going to be difficult times because you know everyone's in a different state of mind. So how do you think you just generally overcome you know a difficult time as a band, 
you know, just because of general reasons rather than anything specific and you know, is it is it that musical vision that, you know, brings it all together no matter what by the end of the I f- day? I feel like we've we've like turned into like brothers, if that makes sense. Like yeah. you, you you like understand each other on like a bigger level than like like mates. I don't know, like you know like your own family and stuff, you just like you don't necessarily need to be hanging out all day every day or whatever or on the weekends together but mm. like there's a different there's a bond that we've like achieved since we like started yeah that's like on a different level and of understanding and we've been through like so much crap and like we've come out of it on the other end and like still here you know yeah mm. <coughs> do you think that almost like not i'm not because you have that you know extra level <coughs> of bonding where it's like having being able to have distance in the band as well where it's like we can go off and do our own things but we know yeah, we're back in together that's that's, that's, he- that's heaps like important as well you know just mm. like just like anyone would go to their workplace in the week yeah like sometimes you just hang out with your workmates on the weekend but like it doesn't need to be like that yeah Every, and no one everyone like understands that it's not like weird and not like it's just like that's just yeah like i go see like mates of mine that i grew up with like when I was like super young or like mine will do the same or like it's not like oh we've like yeah, finished and like what are we all doing on Friday and Saturday like yeah. it's nice yeah. to do sometimes of course but it's not like <laughs> nice to have a lunch every now and then yeah yeah stuff, it's, not, it's not like there's no like weird like mates thing where it's just like bro like you know like if, if you didn't invite someone out like in your group of mates or whatever yeah. or, or like you didn't see each other on a Saturday and be like, bro, where were you? It's like, yeah, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't like, it doesn't matter so much, you know? Another thing we do that's really helpful as well is every um, Tuesday we have like a, uh, like one hour just meeting just to, just to catch up on what we're doing for that week and just if anyone's going through anything or mm. there's anything that needs to be spoken about, we just do once a week. So no one kind of strays too far from reality. Kind of and thing. just set the goals for the week kind of thing just yeah. be like this is what's happening yeah um, yeah just what's coming up just like reminding everyone yeah what the next yeah next thing is to do this might be like a weird question to ask and like i don't know if it is too personal and we can chop it but do you feel like there's like almost an, an external pressure for it to be like we need to look like we're together all the time we're doing everything together like i don't know because i feel like that, I, I feel like some bands sort of get pitted to that where it's like we need to look like we're the I think that that's I think what we've built up a a look and people do gravitate to that as well they like how like Martin's like a certain way or dresses a certain way and the, the other people like how Dom is and then like other people like Wild Style of Connor and then like I'm just boring so people might like <laughs> me, but, but you know what I mean but like people like I think people like yeah sort of having different characters to like gravitate gravitate towards and have like a favorite and like all that stuff like like the spice girls there's like sporty spice yeah 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 posh spice but that's that's kind of cool in a way like i think and people bond more directly instead of being like you need to understand all four members and like all at once it's like that's kind of cool that we can bring different like demographics and like styles and stuff but just come yeah coming back to that question as well like uh, like uh, it's not to, I'm not consciously like fuck I gotta hang out with all, like yeah. my band yeah, all no, the time and like it, yeah. as far as like a public image that doesn't I don't yeah. think that crosses no. anyone's mind 
majorly. Uh, <coughs> the main thing that crossed our minds probably just like how to make good music. Yeah. yeah. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's actually it's, like, it's yeah. actually like he- hectic to like pay attention to like all the social media and how you sp- how you needs to look and stuff. We're just like, but like, why don't if we just make good music? Like, yeah. Can't that just be like what we do? Yeah. <laughs> it's no, like, no, but like, there's so much more to the story. Yeah. But like, no, because I think these days. Uh, a lot of like, and like, I'm talking like big boy bands like One Directions and stuff. It's like there's because the music i don't know I, I like the one direction songs but like because the music isn't like the backbone of it it's sort of like that extra pressure so even mm. though it is a simple answer like can't we just make good music it's just like if you make good music then no one's gonna ask any questions do you yeah. know what i mean yeah so and i think on that as well i, I said this ages ago to a mate i was like triple one work because you've got like four types of people that live in this city like obviously marty you like in that in that lane dom in like the raver kid like mullet lane hiking hiking boots yes hiking shoes man. yeah hiking shoes yeah. <laughs> hiking boots what um what culture does that is that like swedish yeah it's like right ra- yeah it's like it, like it's all just what rave people like wear. salmon shoes yeah the salmon, salmon. <laughs> i've got a pair salmon. in there mate yeah solomon oh it's that's no, salmon. 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 salmon 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 but salmon. the thing yeah. is as well like everyone like does almost bring in like not a unique crowd but someone that they can directly relate to mm. which i think is so epic um yeah i think that's mad <laughs> um i think what's interesting as well with you guys just looking holistically now before we finish up is that you had a lot of music out and a lot of like international internet fans way earlier than say someone else that was like blowing up in the scene did like you'd played a lot of shows you'd you know had youtube videos and it was like it just felt a lot more developed before you like not blew up but you know got a lot more attention do you think that really worked in your favor having that extra experience before you know we thrown into the deep end with stuff i think we like i think when we were starting out we were so like self-aware of the fact that what we were making just wasn't going to be a thing here but like it was you know like it, we could be like this could be an american market this could be an eastern european market that's why we like initially started dropping stuff to like internet channels and stuff instead of like dropping it at like triple j's door or whatever yeah do you know what i mean like we knew like it was just like two f- like two out of like the current like sound in australia but like now no but like seven years ago mm. n- no like it was too like sad boy and like that was just not even a thing yeah it wasn't until like he probably yeah. like blew up and like then that sounds like kind of a thing here but like we we just knew that the gap's closing a lot but i feel like the yeah. gap between like what's happening in oz and what's happening in the rest of the world when we first started making music that like what was happening in australia and what was happening in the rest of the world was two different things mm. now it's like kind of becoming you know now we've got artists that can actually compete on an international yeah. scale. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that sometimes there's almost like too much pressure on an artist, like from outside point of view, where it's like, oh, you can if you want to be a successful Australian artist, you have to break overseas. And I think that sometimes that can be obviously you want to break overseas as an artist, but I think that 
some people are too hypercritical about it. It's just like if they're doing their own thing and dominating Australia, there's nothing wrong with that and yeah, they're still successful. Absolutely. There's no, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, if, if you want that pressure you can put on yourself, like there's, you know, everyone has their own goals and ob- objectives, yeah. Definitely. Um, shit, this has been pretty way deeper than I expected to be. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to help you guys sell some tickets. <laughs> so let's talk about tour. It's, it's coming up. It's coming up. Um, one thing I this is like a more uh, traditional journalist question that I like to ask because <laughs> I, I am pretty left field with my methods. Um, the track list for a triple one show, mm. I feel like it's so difficult because some of those early songs are so so cult adored. Mm. So you know how do you how do you navigate establishing a track list? Is it is it uh, just let's just see what happens? So not obviously that's prepared, but like or just like as many as possible or. You know, does it vary each show? Just what's the process we, there? I varies think, each show for yeah, sure. Yeah, we always think yeah. about what the crowd is first, especially if it's a fe- like, especially if it's a festival. Festival, well, and then festivals are always like far more condensed time-wise. So you think, okay, what time are we playing? Like, everyone's starting to get jaded up. Like, people don't want to hear like chill stuff right now. We'll be playing after this person. We're playing after what? Who? Where are we in the day? Mm. Um, we'll just tailor it each time and we all kind of know like there's no like this needs to happen at this point it's like everyone just knows like oh this will be stupid to play yeah. kind of thing sometimes it's or like this will be stupid not the to only play. time we, the only time we would butt head over it would be like if we're like we need to play this to like our crowd because like it is a cold classic yeah and like a lot of people would love to hear that because mm. that song means so much with them and there might be like people in the band on our side being like bro we played this like a thousand times like i don't want to play it again kind of thing so that's the only time that there's ever any like collusion with what we're doing in a set list but other than that it's very like it's pretty easy to like figure out what yeah and we know which we we played a lot so many times so we know which ones are going to be like fire with a new crowd Mm. like we know like something like yeah like is this a crowd that say say if it's our own show like everyone's gonna like love it regardless but if it's a crowd that never has never seen us before it's like what what would they want to listen to kind of thing yeah yeah like at three o'clock in the tent you're probably not going to play like autumn collection but you'd play like handyman right yeah but at our own show of course you play autumn collection because like that's one of the big songs right especially um going rural for the first not rural but like doing separate regionals yeah. yeah cities as well where it's like these people might not have ever seen doozy live before you know what i mean that's right yeah i mean one song that we probably have brushed out of that old catalog is tarlo like oh, so I, was, I was about to bring up Tarlo. yeah yeah like there's <laughs> other songs we hold on to like doozy and show off and stuff they're like the eldest ones in the in the set now because we've just like there's too much new like new content that's gotten even bigger yeah than, like tarlo even though that's an older song but like you, you can't yeah you have to say goodbye at some points to some songs because there's new stuff that you need to promote and that's doing better better than Talo yeah. ever did kind of thing do you ever so, like this might be a bit too a bit too cynical from my point of view do you ever sort of get um feel like um there's like a pressure or like a i don't know like a just in the back of your mind always like how am i going to live up to for the, from the fan perspective it's like oh we, we want to move on but like how can we live up to a you know a doozy when all people say to us in the streets is triple ones go hard mm. you know what I mean do you ever is, is there ever like a weight almost in the shoulders because of that that's 
but that's like every artist in history yeah. like, that experiences that and they're like man your first like mixtape album was the best ever and it's like <laughs> that's always that gets said to yeah. everyone you know because it's that it's that people hold on to the idea of that this is the first time that you've heard them yeah and that memory is so strong for them and yet they're still listening but that memory of like hearing or seeing triple one's name for the first time and being like who are these guys that is what people hold so close yeah and that's why they want to hear like doozy or like you know the first introduction yeah yeah you can't like let let that define you otherwise you'll just get you can't play to that game otherwise you probably won't un, um, outgrow that image either yeah so yeah. you kind of have to push that aside because yeah definitely and yeah i think yeah super interesting 48 minutes are the best i ask i end every interview now with a bit of a broad question it's just like this doesn't mean so much like ticket sales or streaming numbers but like you know personally and individually you know what does success look like for you or what is success you know what do you define it by as as a member of triple one well i mean that that goal of like a, like a legacy right like timeless music that you can look back on in like 15 years and be like this is still sick and i'm still proud of this like that's what we just like strive towards mm. but of course then like playing yeah just world world domination you know just yeah. like as far as like australia goes great but like yeah cracking into europe cracking into uk cracking into yeah we'd love to crack the state international scene for sure yeah um and just to be like stay true to ourselves and like our our values and stuff that's important and and hope that that carries through our music definitely mm. a dangerous method it's out soon um full if release info will be below you can buy tickets to the tour unless they're already sold out it's probably happening right now pretty much um yeah i should have done better with the dates and the names but it's all good in the <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's all down there um lads this is a lot deeper than the last couple of times we've all interviewed each other but um thanks for coming on i always appreciate the time heaps and yeah always welcome back